You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news, health, and of course of the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as the other great content. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, I once more wrap up minicamp but I also have a conversation with the voice of the Washington football team, Bram Weinstein. You can also hear Bram on ESPN 630 in Washington, D.C., of course. We talk about the Washington football team offseason, the differences he spotted just being out at minicamp this week, the quarterback situation, and much more. Plus, I share my observations from the third day of minicamp. I did this for each of the first two days. Quick listens to give you a feel for what happened. So if you weren't, didn't have a chance to listen to those yet, Go back and download them. You can follow Bram on Twitter at RealBramW. You can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up this weekend on Titan Logan Thomas. He's kind of a forgotten man, but you shouldn't forget about him, and I'll explain why. All right, now let's get to the observations. Ryan Fitzpatrick does a lot of things that will help Washington this season. He makes others better because he can use more of the playbook that gives others a chance to develop more. That's one of the lessons the team learned going through the whole Dwayne Haskins situation and then moving on to a veteran quarterback like Alex Smith, the difference and the impact it had on others. Again, it's the same thing they raved about Alex Smith last year, and you saw how guys responded. The coaches expect more of the same with Fitzpatrick. So while Ron Rivera says there's competition for the job, it's definitely Fitzpatrick's to lose. And there will be competition. Taylor Heineke's done a nice job. They like him. And I think if Fitzpatrick struggles or doesn't look great, Tyler Heineke can slide in there. But if Fitzpatrick goes out and plays well, he's definitely going to get going to keep the job. Now, I also know, like I said, they like Heineke. And the one question they had about him is durability. So they really like the fact that he did add those 15 pounds this offseason, looking noticeably bigger in the upper body. On Thursday, there was one play. Rookie Damon Davis received a lesson from Fitzpatrick. He sucked up Davis on a hard count with Davis tipping his hand big time that he would be coming on a blitz. So Fitzpatrick adjusted, called an audible. Davis then blitzed, and they hit Terry McLaurin in the area that Davis had vacated. A vet move, a rookie mistake. Now, a couple plays later, Davis filled a gap quickly for what would have been a stop of Antonio Gibson for probably a yard or less. Washington's coaches have thrown a lot at Davis this spring in terms of the information they gave him and the responsibility they placed on him by putting him inside at middle linebackers to see if he could do it. He did not look lost out there, and that is a good thing. Later, Fitzpatrick threw two picks in the red zone. Now, I don't get carried away with picks in practice all the time unless a guy never throws one, and even then, 
Why didn't he throw one? Is he dumping off all the time, never taking a shot, not throwing with anticipation? Because if you're doing all that, you're going to throw some picks. Was the receiver um, on some plays, was the receiver, did he run a wrong route? Don't know that. But it was notable today that Fitzpatrick threw two picks in the red zone. Why? Because it's one thing I saw in film that he has continued to do in his career. Even in the last couple of years, I know that he's played a lot better. That's an area where he's thrown more picks. Yeah, he's cut down on his turnovers, but again, the red zone can be problematic. And today he tried to force a ball to Cam Sims and Kaliki Hudson picked it off. There was traffic around Sims, wasn't really open. And again, that's one thing. I remember he had a pick against the Jets in one game where it wasn't because he was anticipating a route. It's because he didn't see somebody and forced it in there. That's where you can get in trouble. Two plays later, he tried to hit tight end John Bates over the middle. The ball was slightly tipped and Bobby McCain picked it off. And Listen, if that ball wasn't tipped, it still would have been picked off. Again, it's spring. But when it comes to Fitzpatrick and turnovers, this is the area of the field that has concerned me. I will say one reason they liked McCain enough to sign him is they felt he had some range and ball skills. Well, he picked off two balls today. He got Heineke on a deep ball down the middle of the field, intended a ball intended for Kelvin Harmon. Again, I don't think Heineke saw him. Certainly didn't think he would get there if he did. Um, it looked like McCain was not in deep middle. I think he was more, I think it was more of a two, two deep coverage, but I'm not positive on that because sometimes you've got to see the coverage first. And I was watching something else at the start of the play, but I saw what happened at the end. And I saw that McCain kind of came from the side and cut off the ball and just made a nice pick. One receiver who made a couple big plays, including a highlight play of the day was Antonio Gandy Golden. To be honest, He's just, he hasn't been on my radar that much right now. So I kind of had to double check to see, well, who's number 11? I, I forgot. And that's more on me than him because not like, listen, you should know all the numbers right now, but sometimes like you're paying so much attention to this guy, this guy, and this guy, they forget who's no, oh yeah, it's, it's Andy, Antonio Gandy Golden. Anyway, he caught a fade ball down the right, down the left side from Taylor Heineke in the, excuse me, the, yeah, down the left side in the corner of the end zone from a far distance where we were. You couldn't tell if he got his feet down, and really it depended on if you were on offense or defense to think that he did because even after the play, I think it was Chase Young and Deron Payne kind of playfully jawing with the offense about it. If he did get his feet down, it looked like it was a nice grab. Later, he beat Troy Apke down the left side and made a nice grab and a deep ball from Heineke as he crossed into the end zone. Guys are clearly rooting for him as on this play, Terry McLaurin sprinted from the sidelines to the end zone to greet him, shouting, you deserve this, you deserve this, you deserve this, and just running up the field with him. Even running backs coach Randy Jordan ran over to him, as did a few of the other receivers, including Cam Sims. Rookie Deami Brown, who has impressed the coaches, beat Wednesday's big play guy, Benjamin St. Just, off the line and did a little kind of a stutter and go, creating more separation down the field. Heineke with the deep completion. Brown also beat William Jackson downfield on another play. The ball was underthrown. I don't remember who, who the quarterback was. Jackson did recover okay on the play, but if the ball is thrown right, that's, that's a big play. Brown has been able to get open down the sidelines this spring. He'll have to do more than that when the games begin, but it's not a bad place to start, and the coaches are excited to see what he can do. One of the things I like about receiver Adam Humphreys and why he will help is how well he knows where to move and where to sit. I saw Fitzpatrick connect with him on a comeback route on one play, but because it was in the zone, Humphreys continued to float to the open spot and create a better situation for the quarterback. That is why he'll stick around. I think fans will enjoy watching undrafted rookie running back Jarrett Patterson. 
preseason. He'll become, he's going to become the new fan favorite or the guy that nobody wants to see get cut. I'll have a podcast with him sometime in the next couple of weeks. It's really hard to see how well running backs are doing now because they're not in pads. But what you can see from him is the quickness after the catch and his ability to turn up fast. We saw that in one play today where it was looked like kind of a half bootleg with um, he caught a ball in the flat and quickly turned up would have scored because he just, he basically caught it, turned up and was gone. Um, and it was just, just a nice play by Patterson. Again, he'll be somebody to watch and to see how he develops. Cam Curl, of course, has been working as the number one strong safety with Landon Collins out. He also took reps as a big nickel with other units today. The kid just has instincts, but really, to me, it's just knowledge and the ability to play fast because of recognition. I saw that again on a couple plays today where he would have stopped some bubble passes or receiver screens because of his recognition. On one of them, the receiver couldn't even block him because he got over there too soon. The hard part with judging anything in the spring, especially along the lines, is the lines only can, can only be so physical. A lot of times you'll see the ends or the, the linemen, the defensive linemen, will, they'll make their initial burst, and then you're going to kind of hold up. There are some times where you know that this guy would have sacked the quarterback on this play, but you're not going to finish the play because that's not what you're supposed to be doing. There are times where the offensive linemen, they're going to do their blocks, but you're not going to you're not going to carry them out the same way you are as if it was a real regular season game because you don't want to get your guys hurt. Um, sometimes they'll slow up on blocks and all that, and it impacts how you can gauge a play. But I like what I've seen from the starting defensive ends in Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Of course, those guys look every bit as good as you would hope, and I do, but I will say I think one of the things to watch this season is the lack of depth, or do they have depth at defensive end? There's a lot of question marks beyond those two. I also like what I've seen from rookie offensive tackle Sam Cosme. Again, with no contact, it's really hard to go beyond just the fact that he moves well and it looks like he plays with a good base, but I'm anxious to see him in training camp for those one-on-ones and more. Linebacker Cole Holcomb made a terrific play in coverage today as well. Fitzpatrick wanted to hit tight end John Bates down the right seam, about 20 yards down the field or so, but Holcomb had really good depth on his drop, made a leaping rejection of the ball. It was almost a perfect throw by, by Fitzpatrick, but instead it turned out to be a really nice play by Holcomb. No pick, but a pass breakup and an athletic one. That's it for me. I'll be back after this break with the voice of the Washington football team, Bram Weinstein. The big things he noticed while being out at minicamp. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about a fun new offer from Monkey Night Fight that can enhance any sports experience, whether you're at a game, on your couch, or in a bar. It's a daily fantasy sports league that is easy to play. You can sign up on monkeyknifefight.com using promo code JKR and play games such as more or less. Will an NBA player score more or less than a listed point total? You can do the same in baseball. Will a pitcher have more or less strikeouts than a given amount, etc. It's fun. And every Friday, it's home run derby. Bet on three guys who had home runs that night. All three hit one, you share in the prize pool. Every week, you can participate in their eagle-eyed jackpot based on the PGA Tour. Choose from any sport, from NASCAR to UFC and League of Legends. And of course, once football rolls back around, there will be even more fun prop bets. This is daily sports betting designed for the average fan to use their knowledge and have some fun. Sign up now at monkeyknifefight.com and use promo code JKR. That's promo code JKR. 
Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Bram Weinstein. All right, Bram, first time out here this offseason. Yeah. Initial impressions? Uh, way deeper team. I feel like, you know, maybe it's just I've been away from it for a little bit, and sometimes you get back out here and you have those kind of first day, you get that feeling of you see the competitiveness again and you forget that that's happening every day, but it right. does feel different to me, honestly. Um, I think this is a way deeper team than they've been in some time. And there are a few people that I wanted to see specifically, like Fitzpatrick, obviously. I'm really curious about the North Carolina receiver, Diami Brown, like really yeah. curious about him. And um, and then outside of that, you know, I think you just kind of get get a feel and a vibe from everybody. And my feel and vibe of the whole thing is, is that it feels like people are excited to be here. And that feels a little different, you know, <laughs> it, it really does. does. And how do you yeah. see, like, how, cause I'm out here all the time. So sometimes you get, you lose sight of some of that. Yeah. Now I agree with that, but how do like, what are you seeing when you say that? So, I mean, just the, you could just feel some team camaraderie going on. Yeah. And I mean, it's tangible and I'm not just saying it. I mean, it's like, it's, you know it when you see it and it's kind of there, especially on defense. And I think, because I think that group probably collectively subconsciously knows they're going to be good. You know, what those numbers look like, I don't know, you know, and like because tougher schedule, tougher schedule and all of that stuff is there. But I think they know they're walking in with swagger. They know they're good um, and they should. And they've been improved just like the offense has been improved. Like the William Jackson signing could be huge for them. I think he's really good. Yes, in terms of how they get to utilize that front as opposed to just relying on that front. I mean, they, they, they now have a back end that they could potentially trust differently than they did a year ago. And now you get to play some games with those skill position guys up front like Chase Young and Montez Sweat and see if you can create even more havoc than they did a year ago. So I'm excited about that. I think they kind of know that. Offensively, there's just a lot of moving parts. Yeah. So right now, like while I'm excited about the depth increase and all the potential, and you know how potential goes this time of year, everybody's right. turning everybody into the next superstar. Um, you know, I still feel like I'm in total wait and see. Like I saw a couple articles written recently where people were like, you know, the offense could be their strength, it could be explosive, and I'm sitting there going, and I wrote one of those. <laughs> slow down. Well, I'm just, I'm, I I'm, agree. At, I'm at slow down. Like, yeah. yeah, I see a possibility. I also see a lot of moving parts. We don't even know who three starters on the offensive Correct. line are. Right. You know, like the quarterback hasn't played a preseason game here. I know he's been around the block and all that stuff. We don't know who the receivers are outside of McLaurin and Samuel that are definitively going to be starting and being relied upon. Right. Like, I really feel like give it some time. Let's see what it happens. I agree. There's an upside, but I want to slow the roll a little bit sure, on all that right. stuff. Well, when you've, you've been around long enough, so have I, to know we've been through these kind of preseason before where it's like, yeah. hey, look, this could be really good. Could and be. then And then it doesn't. That's why I'm wondering, is there, I wonder if there's something different this time. And maybe it's because they're a little bit younger. Maybe it's because they've built up more depth that you feel like maybe this one's maybe a bit more of a system substantial now i don't know that they're going to take this huge increase in right. wins and all that but i think the building they're doing is a more substantial process perhaps than before yeah. i mean the schedule looks daunting yes, to say does. the least now that said when the schedule came out a year ago and it was at pittsburgh at dallas at san francisco i chalked those up as three losses right. and they won all of them for varying different reasons but they did right they did and Pittsburgh, no excuse for Pittsburgh, they were 11-0 and when they beat them. Dallas and San Francisco were not the teams we thought they would be by the time that they played them at that point in the schedule. So all of that's in play, right? All of that's really in play. To sit here and project out how everybody's season is going to go is also fool's gold. That said, 
it does look like murderer's row, especially at home. When you the know, quarterbacks they face too yes. are tougher, that's where the ones at home look yeah. scary, you know, like really scary. So even if the metrics are a little bit off from a year ago, I still feel like in the end, the defense is going to carry the day, at least until the offense potentially comes around. And while I want to slow the roll on expectations on the offense, I don't think it's unfair to ask a lot of the defense right. because they have the personnel. They have more of the depth that they need. They are a couple pieces away from looking like a dominant crew that is coming together all at the same time. And I feel like they should be, whether they end up ranked this way based on their competition, I think they should be a top five defense. Yeah. I think they should. Yeah. With with the quarterbacks, what anything jump out at you just in the little bit that we've been able to watch? Taylor Heineke has gained weight. 15 pounds. And, it is, and it's obvious. Yeah. Like, this was one of those, I saw the quote, and then, I, you know, it's like one of those things you don't think about it. And then I walked out here and I looked at him. He looks different. He looks different. And... This I, I am very now intrigued to see him in the preseason um, because Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter on this team. He has a one-year deal. We all know that in this, this, it, the constant circular motion is who's the quarterback of the future? Is he going to be drafted next year? Is it going to be someone on the open market? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is something like that going to, uh, to make itself available to them? And I got to tell you, like... After what he did a year ago, all my only feeling was he earned the right to be here and right, compete. Right, and I with you on that. Yep. And now he's clearly putting in the time and the effort to do the thing the coaches are asking of him in the offseason. He's still taking this very seriously. We know he's a gamer. Right. We know he's a smart competitor. Player. He's smart. Those numbers he posted at ODU are not an accident. I know it's on the level it was, but it's not an accident. He dominated and there. He dominated there. And I am very very intrigued to see how he develops with a bigger frame this summer because he may and I like this is freezing cold takes of all freezing cold takes <laughs> he could develop into an answer for them beyond this next season. And I think it's funny because yeah. you the whole offense thing now slow your roll. That's right. <laughs> so I guess but that's where I guess maybe but having said that like my well, thing, I, I'm not talking about this year. I'm right. talking about oh, no. 2022. Like, my thing it, with a him, possibility. Right. With him. My thing with him was always durability was an issue and my other thing was do not stop looking for a guy thinking you have the answer with I him. Agree. You couldn't do that. But you know that he's going you're going to give him a chance now and that's that's what he warranted. And if he does develop that's that's more power to them. He he it, listen. He he has earned a shot. Like listen, every team takes flyers. They're taking one on this tight end. They're right. going to put him out there. You see him. He's impressive looking. Like there's you know you right. see him and you go. I see why they're trying this. I don't know whether to work or not. They're taking a flyer on an athletic player. Right. In his case, he's not going to wow you with his physique. He's not going to wow you with his ability to run. But we know what we know with what we saw at the end of the year, thrown into a ridiculous scenario, right. and how well he played how much his teammates clearly already kind of like him. And now the coaches asked him in the offseason, not only gave him the contract, but said, this is what we want you to do. And on day one of mandatory things, there he is looking like it. Right. So it just says to me that let's just keep an eye on him. Yeah, There's I'm no with promises. You. Let's just keep an eye right. on him. That like everyone keeps saying, like we don't know who the quarterback of the future is. And look, if Aaron Rodgers is available to them, they're going to get him. Right. Like we all know that. But short of that happening... I don't know, and I'm just waiting to see what the summer looks like and the preseason. I'll be watching him very closely because if it seems like it's developing, 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 I think you're going to start talking about in 2022 he's going to have a legitimate shot here. And I think the reason why they didn't draft a quarterback is because they were comfortable. Like, unless it was a guy who was an obvious thing, they weren't going to force it. Like, if you were looking at some of those second-round guys, like, they could already look and say, well, we've got guys here who are already could develop into that level. They have two, maybe three backups here that are viable, right? Like... 
Kyle Allen can be their backup. Of course he can. Yeah. You know, Heineke obviously looks like he can be and will be their right. primary backup. Like, that looks like He's that's happening. He's been working happening. consistently with the twos. Yes, and Montez, we know that they've been playing around with him and trying to figure out roles for him. So they like him enough to try to develop him. He, to me, is the most unlikely of the three. Right, right, but right. still, they are working with him. And Fitzpatrick's going to hold the fourth down for at least a year. And who knows? He has a great year. What's stopping him from signing him to another one-year deal again? Right, like, there's correct. nothing stopping that. No. So... While, listen, I would would everyone feel comfortable with Dak Prescott or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady was the quarterback? Of course it would be an upgrade for over anything that they have. But I don't know that the cupboard's bare, bare. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I do. Well, I think that's yeah. why, like I said, they were comfortable. Like, if the quarterback of the future presented themselves in the draft, they would take them. If not, they were like, we are. We, I know what their thinking was they've got guys in-house who can do something this year to a certain level and then if one of them develops more power to him and if not you go back out next year maybe you're more aggressive looking for a guy at that point I mean like listen I know Morgan Moses is gone but this is a good example of it a year ago he took the offseason very seriously it was obvious when he showed up look at the season that he had you know and whatever happened happened here towards you know this particular year but it paid off with the season he had a year ago Heineke has taken this very, very seriously. You can just tell by looking at him, right? By looking at him. And so he's got my eye. He's got my attention. Let's see what happens in those three preseason games because I think we know who the starter is here. Let's see what happens in those three preseason games. Is it a harbinger for what's coming in a year or two when they think about what the future of the position is? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm completely with you on that. Is there offensively with some of the other players, whether it's a Gibson or anybody like that, is there somebody else that just jumps out and says, I can't wait to see this, how this guy develops? Yeah, I mentioned Brown. I really want to see how he fits into all of this. Unfortunately, Curtis Samuel isn't practicing because right. of the injury, so we'll have to wait to the summer to see him. I want to see how they, I really want to see how they incorporate him because obviously there's a lot of options with how you can utilize him, and I'm wondering what their thinking is, and some of that will be revealed in the summer. And, you know, the other one is, and I've said this a million times, and I still believe it, I still think they need another running back here. Like a primary, you know, three down, first and second down, run some clock running back. Because if we all agree that, like, the offense has potential that it didn't have in the past, but may take some time to come together and won't be explosive, and you know your calling card is a defense that might shut people down, don't you want to have a run game that you can rely on to sit on some leads sometime? And I think you're asking too much of Gibson to be a primary running back for 17 games. I think they need another running back. And I think that's going to happen in the summer. I think they'll get... Someone's going to get cut. Someone's going to be available. I think there's going to be maybe a circular motion of veterans. And, you know, it was even like when people like Carrion Johnson was cut. I'm like... Do you look at someone like that? You know, I don't, he's not a perfect answer, but don't you need somebody else who can come in here and spell Gibson, run the ball, run some clock, ball control when you want to? And I, I do think that that's still someone that they need to earmark and, and find. Right, and I think Lamar Miller, they're, they're, it's one of those, hey, let's see. Let's see. But you're right. If, if some, I think there and there's all there are always veteran running backs available that you yeah. know, that maybe can help Listen, you out a little AP a couple years ago. If Lamar Miller's passed the injuries he had a couple years ago and can give you a good season, then your answer is here. Right. If he can't, I think you need a failsafe for this. And I like I like that they brought in Patterson. I like that they're testing out these kind of skill backs. But I'm talking about a first and second down Adrian Peterson type running back, so that Gibson isn't carrying the load the entire year right, that way. Right. No. And and I and I agree with that. Um, defensively, what would be the the cons- any concern or question? I still think linebacker a little bit. I mean, you know, I Jamin Davis is 
freakish talent, so hopefully he'll fit in, and I think he's walked into a very good scenario with what's in front of him, so there should be room for him to make plays. still think they're missing a starting linebacker, and I still think safety, to me, is a very open-ended question. Free safety or both? Well, because Cam Curl, at least, you know he, you know yes. those guys can play. Yes, but I think it's it's an open question of how people are utilized. And you know, I'll say this, too. The other part with Landon Collins, right? There's been so much about what, what's going on with him, what's going on with him, what's going on with him. You know, with the corner upgrade, I do feel like that there is going to be some room to be actually very creative with him, yeah, right? Yeah, I agree with that. And so I think I'm hoping that that's what they're selling him on, that, hey, don't get caught up in what they call you or what your position title is. We're going to put you in positions to make plays because we're not going to rely on you traditionally in ways that we might have with a weaker defense. I think they have room to work with Correct. him as a linebacker slash corner slash that big nickel, right. like whatever you want. So I think that I think he may find himself after all of this in a spot, assuming health, to be utilized in a way where he can make plays. Right. And I think you're right, though. That's a sales job that yes, they have to it's do. It's a sales more job. Yeah. Yeah. And so, last thing, legit optimism here. I think it's real, don't you? I mean, yeah. different than in the past. I, you know, I want to be realistic about it, but I do look around their division and go, I don't know why they can't win it again. So I think you right. should have legitimate optimism for this team. Thanks, Bram. Yep. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the John Kime Report, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. That's it for Minicamp. Thanks to Bram for joining me, and thank you for tuning in for the Daily Reports. Next stop, Richmond. Let me know if you like the daily updates because I might continue them in Richmond and for the first part of training camp, at least when it's open to the media where I can learn things and relay them to you. I will sprinkle in some interviews as well as always. I'll be back with tight end Logan Thomas on Sunday. Talk to you next time.